Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Well, what an interesting week it's been. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Um, here we are and uh, into Advent, which is a wonderful time of the year. Advent is this word that is kind of almost two meanings. It talks about coming, but also the imminent arrival of something. And Advent is a, reminding, a reminder that on the way to Christmas, we are celebrating the coming of Jesus over 2,000 years ago, but also looking forward to his return whenever that uh, could be. And it could be soon. It could be today. It could be five years from now. We don't know. But we're looking forward with anticipation for God's continued move and work in our world. That's what Advent is about. And last week we talked about hope, and today we're going to talk about peace the peace of God, and we live in a season where we need to learn how to walk in peace. Thank you, Mark. We're, I'm with you. It's admittedly hard to imagine a world of peace right now. It is. We see the headlines, and I just, when I was looking at this earlier this week, Russian troops massing at the Ukraine border. Canadian troops are nearby. BC begins to recover from the floods. Michigan school shooting. The Canadian territory of none of it still experiencing a suicide epidemic six years after it was declared. Those are headlines of our world. I was talking with someone this week and they said to me, I don't listen to the news. I don't watch the news in any way because it always feels like they're trying to just make you more and more afraid and hyping things. Sometimes feels like that, doesn't it? Because not all the headlines we read are true. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Not only are they not true, some of them are actually can be funny. Like COVID measures to last 14 days. Uh, why am I going there? I'm not. I'm going to go back to where I, w- I looked at some. There's this uh, website that talks about all these fun. It actually shows funny headlines from breathing oxygen linked to staying alive. <laughs> Statistics show that teen pregnancy drops off significantly after age 25. <laughs> that was in uh, Colorado Springs in December 20 or 1999, the Toronto Star in June 1996, marijuana issue sent to a joint committee. (laughs) Another newspaper said this, China may be using the sea to hide its submarines. I don't know. And this one, it's actually from Oklahoma City, The rally against apathy drew a small crowd. Headlines. What might be the headline over our life right now? Could be overwhelmed. It could be frustrated. It could be not enough money for the month. It could be I need a better job. It could be anxiety. It could be home alone, COVID edition. Maybe it's anxious in the unknown. Maybe yours is marriage on the rocks. Maybe it's 
the unseen, unknown, unwanted one. I don't know. But the headlines over our life can sometimes begin to, just like reading headlines in a newspaper or online or wherever you consume your news from, can begin to unsettle us, can begin to set the agenda for our lives. And many times the headlines we write in our minds are just like some of the earlier headlines I wrote. Absolutely not true, or maybe they're half-truths, or maybe they're just absolute lies that we believe about ourselves or our situations. Or maybe they're actually maybe even worse than what the headline says. And sometimes when we live under those, we might feel frustrated, we might feel anxious, we might feel angry, we might feel all kinds of emotions robbing us of the reality of peace. Peace is a powerful thing. When you have peace, you can make way better decisions. When you have peace, you're probably going to bring peace into situations. When you have peace, you're able to be calm when everybody else isn't. And many times the headlines have caused us to lose peace. Our own headlines, the headlines of our lives, the headlines of our situations, our own internal headlines, the headlines of the world. And even when you might focus on your family and you're looking for, you're looking to Christmas and you're like headline alert. Some of you are like, I'm not looking forward to that. Some of you are very much looking forward to that. But it can be hard to think of a life and filled with peace, let alone a whole world filled with peace. And peace can seem difficult to obtain and even more difficult to maintain. But it doesn't mean that it's any less needed in our world today. With all that's happening, it can become and seem more more elusive than it's ever been. And if you're on social media, you know exactly what I mean. But into the it's into a world similar to that that Jesus came into, into the midst of difficulty and chaos, confusion, darkness, slavery, all kinds of trouble in the world. And Jesus came into the world as the ambassador of peace. And turn with me to Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. It says this, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name. This is a prophetic word of the coming of Jesus 700 years after this was spoken. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And we see Isaiah prophesying about about Jesus coming and Jesus uh, bringing a characteristic, wonderful, uh, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The government that Jesus sees will never stop growing and will never stop running or, or start running out or ever run out of peace. In other words, you have access to an ever-increasing peace if you're a follower of Jesus. But it's not peaceful in our world. I have access to an ever-increasing kingdom of peace. But it's not peaceful in in my family. I have access to an ever-increasing kingdom of peace. But do you see what's happening? We have access through Jesus 
to an ever-increasing peace. It's counterintuitive to what's the narrative of our world right now. And in a world filled with conflict, it can be obviously hard to, hard to imagine that, but what does it mean and how can we embrace the peace of Christ in the middle of all that's going on? Because I tell you what, when people see peop, other people walking in peace in the world that we live in right now, it's immensely attractive. It's immensely attractive. So how can we do that? Well, there's no better person to learn from, in my view, than the Prince of Peace himself. And so Jesus begins, and he talked to his disciples in, I think it's John 16 and 33. I have told you these things so that in me, someone say, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble but take heart, I have overcome the world. When I was reading this, I thought, it's interesting. It says, you, in me you may have peace, but in the world you will have trouble. In other words, it's available to you, pieces, but you may miss it if you're not careful. But trouble's going to be there, but in, in me you may have peace. It's, in other words, it's an opportunity, it's accessible to us. And Jesus has been telling the disciples about all the things he had wanted to tell them. And he's telling them that I wish I could stay, but I'm leaving and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And, and he's promised to do that. And he wanted them to know, though, very clearly, you will have trouble. He didn't say you might. He didn't say, you, I'm not sure you could. You will have trouble. And that word trouble is, talks about, means pressure. It's the challenge of coping with the internal pressure of or from an external tribulation, especially when you're feeling there's no way of escape. In other words, you're, you're having trouble managing what's going on inside because of the pressure that's coming from the outside. And Jesus says, be aware of, you will have moments where the pressure is on and causes you at times to maybe feel a little unsettled on the inside. And Jesus is telling them the truth. In this world, you will have trouble. Sorry, in me, you may have peace. But in the world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I've come to give you peace. And this word peace means a condition of law and order that results in the blessing of prosperity or wholeness. It's from God. It's not dependent on what's going on around you. It's not depending on how much money you have in your bank account. It's not depending on what your job situation is right now. It's not dependent on whether someone likes you right now. It's not dependent on any of that. There's an accessibility to peace that's deeper than anything that we can see, taste, touch with our natural senses. And it's found in the Prince of Peace. And this word uh, in, the, in the Old Testament was shalom. It means it carries the meaning of wholeness in everything. It's not dependent on external things. It comes from the inside out, from the very presence of God. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus shared this with his disciples because he wanted us to know today that in this world, you might have trouble, but take heart, take heart, I have overcome the world. Notice who it says overcome the world? Take heart, I have overcome the world. He didn't say, you have to do it all. He said, take heart, I have overcome the world. And we take heart and we look back now and we say that Jesus tells the truth all the time. So when he says, I've come that you might, uh, that I have come and I'm bringing you peace, we know that he tells the truth. 
He, he came, he died, he, buried, he was buried, he ascended into heaven, he's seated at the right hand of God, he keeps his word, he keeps his promises, and he triumphed over hell, death, and the grave, and we know that he's trustworthy. And having peace in Christ means believing and trusting in all that God has promised and all that he is. And it's in moments when your peace gets a little rattled that you have to come back to, where is my peace coming from? Is it coming from everything working right in my life? Is it coming from that I know all this stuff is good? I know, or is it coming from something deeper than what's going on around me? That no matter what is said, I can walk in peace. Someone sent me a picture of a devotional this week. It, it was reminding us that we're in a spiritual battle and, and the enemy of our souls is, will do whatever he can to get in between and the closeness of our relationship with God. He wants to disrupt your connection and communication with God. And when you're not walking in peace, that's what's happening because you're walking in the opposite of peace. Jesus brings peace, but the opposite of that is anxiety and fear. And when we're walking in that, that's who's running our life. The enemy will seek to use anything that he can, discouragement. He will seek to use trouble. He will seek to use hardship. He will seek to use whatever he can to stop that connection with Jesus. Because Jesus, he knows, the enemy knows that Jesus is the prince or the ruler of peace. And when I come under Jesus, I come under the ruling of peace. He's the source of it. And the psalmist tells us something similar in Psalm 118 and 5 says, when hard-pressed, has anybody been hard-pressed? Say, that's me if that's you. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. When hard-pressed, when trouble comes, when it's difficult, when it's challenging, when I wish that God would show up sooner than he seems to be right now, when I've got a bad prognosis from the doctor, when I have a marital problem, when I have a financial problem, when I'm not sure what my next job is going to look like, when all those things, when hard-pressed, I cry out to him and he brings me through. We've been singing this song, I Speak Jesus. It says something, the words are like this. I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring that there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Because your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. The power of the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus over everything, over every difficulty, over every situation. I speak the name of Jesus because he is the Prince of Peace. And at his name, every, every power of hell, every scheme of man bows to the name of Jesus. And I have to some come into situations and realize that I am seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. I am a joint heir with Christ. So what Jesus has, I also can have. What Jesus Jesus spoke, I can speak. And just as Jesus spoke to a storm, I can speak to a storm. Just as Jesus said, no more, peace be still, I can speak, peace be still. There's power in the name of Jesus. In trouble, I call out to Jesus. In discouragement, we call out to 
Jesus. In struggle, we call out to Jesus. In the waiting, we call out to Jesus. When it's not easy, we call out to Jesus. When we're walking in victory, we call out to Jesus. He's not a, he's not a guru from 2,000 years ago. He's not just about a book. He's alive. He's present. He's walking. He's moving. He's believing. He's acting. He's ever interceding. He is who he said he is. I love how it says in Romans 8 that Jesus ever intercedes for me. So when I, can, when I can't even put a prayer together, Jesus is ever interceding for me before the Father. Wow. In trouble, that means I can walk in peace because if Jesus is praying for me, I'm all right. Deep peace allows you to take heart. And that word to take heart means to be emboldened, to show courage. To re, it refers to God bolstering the believer, empowering them with a bold inner attitude. The other one talked about the pressure is coming on you, the tribulation, the difficulty, such that it's rattling you on the inside. But the peace of Jesus comes and it allows you to take heart, to be emboldened, to stand with front foot forward, to face situations with courage because the God of heaven is acting on your behalf. He's moving when you don't feel it, when you don't see it he's ever lives to intercede for you take heart be emboldened to show courage so if you're not feeling courage this morning it might be coming because you're not walking in peace and if you're not walking in peace it could be that we need to get closer to Jesus and we're going to talk about that in a moment because Jesus the prince of peace allows us to have peace deep in our soul no matter what trouble comes our way and by his grace and by his goodness, by his peace, we can write a different headline over our life. The devil is not going to write a headline over your life that determines your life. He's not going to have the final word. Your past is not going to have the final word over your life. He is always faithful. He always keeps his promises. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He walks with you through every dark valley. When you're in the dark and you don't know what to do, he's right there, right beside you. The devil is not in charge of your life. We have the reality of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, whoever lives and whoever walks with you. And when we have the peace of God, we can find a growing confidence and courage in the middle of craziness. I want courage in the middle of craziness. We have to be so careful that the chaos around us does not get inside of us. And Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is not chaotic. He walks in peace. And when we have this peace of God, it can sometimes, how, how do we have that? Paul, in, who wrote much of the New Testament, in Philippians 4 says this, he gives us a glimpse. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's a sermon right there. Rejoice in the Lord always. How can you rejoice, Craig? How can you rejoice? Because there are promises that God says. He keeps his promises. Romans 8 and 28, that he's causing all things to work together for your good and for your glory. So you can rejoice in the middle of it. 
You can rejoice that all the days ordained for you are written in his book. You can rejoice that he knows the end from the beginning. He was there at the start. He's going to be there at the end. He, he's the alpha and the omega. He sees and overrules and rules over every situation. He's not surprised. He's not overwhelmed. He's not discouraged. He's having a nap in the bottom of the boat, not because he's not, uh, not because he's unaware, but simply because he's just walking in the absolute peace that God's got him. What an inspiring thing. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Someone say every. This is a challenging word. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. So not only are you supposed to be praying about it, you're supposed to be thankful in the middle of that situation. Present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a powerful thing. In every situation, whether good or bad, we come and we come with thanksgiving and we present our requests to the Lord. And a great exchange happens. We trade anxiety for peace. We come with fear and we can walk out with rejoicing. We come to God with suspicion and we can walk out with faith. And amazingly, this divinely miraculous peace of God guards our hearts. The Bible talks about that. Guard your hearts with all diligence. Peace is the guard for your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your mind, your thinking, and your thought. You, you, we cannot arise above, arise above the level of our thinking. The Bible says that as a man or a woman thinks in her heart, so are you. And so our thinking, peace guards your thinking. A number of years ago, probably, I think... Uh, 2011, we were in Tonga on, as part of a three-month missions assignment. And uh, we were nearing the end. It had been a little bit difficult uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and near the end, I think we were about three days away from flying back, uh, from leaving. And during the night, someone uh, broke into the house where we were staying. And uh, normally, I kept a, my, all our valuables right beside me in, in the room. But that night, for some reason, I had left them in the living room. And someone came in and stole everything, all our money, uh, our wallets, our passports, our computers, our, our everything was gone. And we're like days away, I think, uh, from being able to fly, and we had no passport. The money, well, whatever, you can't do much with that. I think they left our driver's license and our credit cards because they were useless in Tonga pretty much. But here we were, and all of a sudden, we started to get a little rattled. And I remember going to the Internet Cafe, that was a thing for those of you under 20. An internet cafe where you had to get internet, and I was searching for what we could do, and I was feeling a little anxious in, a, in the middle of it all because whole, our whole family was there. And uh, I didn't know what to do. And so we began to pray. We asked our Tongan friends to pay, pray, and probably some of you even prayed because uh, we knew that we were there. And so we were praying, and and trying to keep the anxiety at bay because there's nothing we could do. And we are working with the Australian embassy. Fun fact that if you're in Tonga, there's no Canadian embassy. Australia is the one tasked to take care of you. And uh, so this lady was helping us, and she was going to give us some travel documents, which would have meant that we would have had to cancel our passports and, and then get to fly to New Zealand, spend a lot of money in New Ze to get to New Zealand, get new passports, and then, then be able to come home. Thousands of dollars it would have cost us. And while we're there, the phone rings, and it's the police, and they say, we found your passports. And we were like, wow. And we learned an important lesson that day. 
of how to have peace in the middle of a storm. They couldn't control any of that. Couldn't control. It didn't seem right that someone, you can go through all the machinations in your own heart, and in your own mind. God, we're here. Uh, we're here to do ministry. We're doing all this, and this happens to us. And you can easily let your attitude go into a certain space. But being able to keep peace in the middle of it was just only by the grace and the goodness of Jesus. And when I read this passage in Philippians, it tells me that the peace of God will guard my heart and mind. So the battle is whether peace or anxiety will be in charge. Peace or frustration. Peace or anger. Peace or bitterness. Peace or whatever. Fear of lack. When anxiety is in charge, it sends the terrorists of distress, sends the terrorists of dread, it sends the terrorists of panic, and panic attacks, uneasiness, edginess, overwhelm, avoidance, high blood pressure, maybe excessive drinking, irritability, anger. But when we decide to do what this passage says in every situation, every situation, it's easy to walk in peace when everything's good, isn't it? The money's there, you're on a holiday, you're looking around, everybody likes you. Someone delivers what you want, when you want. Easy to walk in peace. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present my request to God. And the promise of God is, you can walk in peace that will guard my heart, guard our minds. Makes me think of, I love the Bible is picturesque when it says it will guard. It gives me a picture of like a burly person not the guarding at a door by the name of peace. It's kind of a, a little bit of a funny image. Peace as a big guard. We sometimes think of peace as mealy-mouthed or insignificant or weak. Peace is incredibly powerful. The peace of God is incredibly powerful. It will guard your heart, will guard your mind, keep us out of all kinds of different spaces that are not helpful for us to go into. Peace is stationed at the gateway of my mind and my emotions because feelings are only meant to be indicators, not dictators, and keeps everything out, peace does, that would seek to disrupt the shalom and the, the peace of God, the connection with God. Peace is sent by God. As I'm prayerfully presenting my request, my trouble, my tribulation to Jesus, the great exchanges, as I thank him for what he's done, he exchanges what was disrupting me for something that will build me and protect me. Have you ever read through the Gospels and found yourself marveling at how Jesus walked through incredibly difficult situations and he always seemed to keep us cool. I mean, seriously, think about it. He was interrogated by the leading Jewish leaders of his time. On multiple occasions, the crowd tried to grab him and kill him. On top of that, he willingly chose to travel day after day with a man that he knew was going to betray him. And he walked in peace. What is it that Christ knew that we didn't know? And the worship team, you can come anytime. Really think about it for a moment. What did Christ know that we don't? And you say, obviously, Greg, he was God. He knew a lot. 
but more than that. I think we, Christ had complete and total trust in who his father was and what he was doing. He trusted the father. And because of this trust, because of his faith in his father, he was able to have peace in any and every situation. Psalm 29, 11 says it this way. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. In other words, I don't have to work it up. I just have to do the great exchange. Come with what's bothering me, what's troubling me, and, I, and in return, I get back. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And Jesus said this to his disciples, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. And in a season where the headlines say all kinds of things in our world, it's crazy. In a time when the, the headlines over mean maybe even over your own, in your own personal heart or in your family life or whatever you're going through might be difficult right now that we can write a different headline over our lives because of, excuse me, because of Jesus. Because peace is a gift of Jesus. Not, not worked up. It's not just saying a mantra of be peace, 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 peace. It's different from the things in the way that the world gives. See, Jesus was saying, the world gives you a kind of peace that's dependent on all the things being in order. But I give you a different kind of peace it's not dependent on that. I don't give like that. I give this way. And my peace is transformative. My peace is not dependent on everything working right. My peace is not dependent upon edicts from the government. My peace is not dependent on any of that. I give that, Jesus says. What have you received from the world lately, right? This month, this year, we need to receive peace today so that not only can we receive it, we can be ambassadors of it. Of course, the ultimate peace is to have peace with God. Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus our Lord has done for us. Just a wonderful picture reminding us that our when we're, we can have peace with God, no matter where we're at in our journey, maybe we never have known whether you're online watching this right now and you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life. You can simply do that by repenting of our sin and saying, God, I thank you for Jesus. Will you come and forgive me and lead my life? I repent. I need you. And Jesus begins a work of transformation, the Prince of Peace. Because we don't have peace whether we attend church or not or whether we're kind to animals or not, or whether we, simply because we're a good person, we have peace with God because God forgives. And today, though, we know that we can also have a peace that transcends our understanding. It goes beyond what's going on in our life or inside of us or around us, whatever the headlines of your life might be saying, that today you can write a different headline and begin to each day write the headline for your life. In our last, uh, the series before Legacy, we talked a little bit of some spiritual disciplines, and uh, this one is a little bit related to one of those, and I just want to show it to you. How does it look pra practically in this Advent season of coming into view, the arrival of Jesus? How do we move? And that passage in Philippians tells us, but in a, 
uh, very practical way. I just want to do something. This is something I was doing even this morning uh, as I sat on my couch and was preparing for this morning in prayer. And uh, first of all, is just begin to quiet yourself. You want, you need to quiet yourself because there's a lot of noise in the world. A lot of noise that's setting the agenda. A lot of noise that's setting our heart and our mind to just quiet myself. Be still. Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I'm God. I do this and I just hand down and I surrender to Jesus. Surrender my fear. Surrender my frustration. Surrender my worry. Surrender. So you begin to do that, surrendering people, surrendering, forgiving, asking the Lord to forgive you for whatever it might be, turning your hands over. It's like you're dumping them over into his into his hands. And you take as long as you need to to do that. And then when you're done and you feel like, oh, I've emptied my heart out, turn my hand over in a posture of receiving and just welcome and say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill me. I ask you to fill my heart with your peace. I ask you to change my perspective. I ask that you would come, empower me today, fill me afresh. I need you. And whatever you need from the Lord, and then just sit and wait and let him give you what he wants to give you. So quiet ourselves, hands down, surrender to Jesus, hands up and receive from Jesus. In return, his gift is peace, divine peace, soul-quenching peace. Imagine new headlines over your life. Anxiety did not win the day. Or marriage restored. Or man realized that Jesus is greater than his addiction. Or overcomer. Or friend of God. Or promotion. Or courage. Or wholeness. Or peace. Imagine if we let Jesus write the headline over our life. What do you need to let go of? I invite you to stand for a moment. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to turn it over to our online host. Just take a moment and and maybe ask, close your eyes for a moment and think of these questions and, and maybe go back to that simply later this week. Quiet myself, hands down and surrender, hands up and receiving. What do you need to let go of today? What do we need to let go of? What, what or who do I need to place into the hands of Christ? What do I need to do today to receive his gift, not his earning, his gift of peace? Just take a moment. And if it helps you, just put your hands down and, and release what's in your heart. Holy Spirit, we welcome you, we receive from you. Thank you as we cast all our cares on you, you care for us. Thank you that there's a peace that's greater than anything. There's a peace that's greater than a storm. There's a peace that's greater than the prognosis. There's a peace that's greater than our past. Peace, be still. Speak a word. Peace, be still.
receive your peace right now, Holy Spirit. We receive your peace right now. Don't be afraid to just invite the Holy Spirit just to receive his peace. The peace, the shalom, the wholeness of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.